1: Hey everybody, welcome once again to the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Chris Calicut. Tonight, the go-home show for SummerSlam, Monday Night Raw for August 14th, 2017. Chris, how are you doing tonight?
0: Uh, this is Matt Morgan. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I'm <laughs> um, completely ripped and former uh, wrestling superstar Matt Morgan. Former? Uh, for, uh, former? Well, well, you know, I still technically, you know, whatever. Been now but, for everybody. Uh, that's true, that's true. But thanks for tuning in, everybody. Good to see you. My name's Matt. Anyways, you know, there's
1: Chris. you know there's there's at least one or two fans out there just like these th- these jamokes, these guys, <laughs> these schlubs.
0: That's who we I'm got sure. tonight. Hold on, let me look at the YouTube chat. They've already poured in, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, go ahead. Oh man.
1: Anywho, um welcome everybody to the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. So, Chris, what did you think tonight? The go home show for SummerSlam.
0: You know what? a lot of times they don't put a, a lot of effort in the go home shows. Right. And they just try to keep a story moving. I think tonight for whatever reason, and a few of our followers mentioned this too on Twitter, that the show itself just felt a little different. And, and I'm not sure how or why, but it it felt different than your standard draw like, in, in a good way. Um, and one thing that I actually noticed is I thought the commentary team uh, stepped it up a notch tonight. I thought Michael Cole did his darndest to get, these storylines over and get us pumped for SummerSlam. Um, Now, are we excited about some of the SummerSlam card? Not really, but I think this show did a pretty good job at at getting us ready for it either way. Yeah, um, I
1: think they definitely did the job tonight of trying to pull it all together, recap the storylines, and remind us about what's going to be at stake on Sunday night at SummerSlam. That being said... I felt like there was a little bit of a swerve tonight. A lot of people assumed on social media, oh, the Cruiserweight title match, Akira Tozawa winning the belt. Guess it's not going to be on SummerSlam. They moved it up to tonight. It's not even on the pre-show. Oh, Finn and Bray tonight? They're making such a big deal of this. Perhaps that was bumped from the card. But no, mm-hmm. it looks like everything that happened tonight um, was not a replacement for SummerSlam. It was merely a stepping stone to further build the excitement and the anticipation for the pay-per-view on Sunday.
0: Yeah, it, it wets the pal a little bit. I, I like the way. Like I I was sort of discouraged when they announced those matches, um, yeah. but after the result and how they booked it, I was like, oh, they actually did a pretty nice job there. So I, I was pretty pleased with the decisions that they made to get us even more excited for the show on Sunday. Yeah. Um. So let's talk about it segment by segment. We started tonight
1: with the most soap opera thing the WWE has done. In recent memory, if not forever. Um, I think all that was missing was wistful shots of Dean Ambrose, you know, perhaps walking on a beach, gazing out over the scroll with like some Sarah McLaughlin or something paying in the background, you know? A little,
0: little telenovela special or something. Of that yeah, such. I mean, they
1: really built that up tonight. That was so melodramatic, which went to that opening segment between Dean and Seth. And what did you think of that? And are you excited about two thirds of the Shield reuniting for the first time in three years?
0: They have nothing better for them to do, so yes. Um, and the match with Cesaro and Sheamus should be really, really good. Um, sure. And I, and I have no doubt of that, but did they need to draw it out as much as they did tonight? Probably not. But with that said, Boston was hot for this whole angle, and they had the crowd in the palm of their hand, fist, I guess you could say. Um, so, I mean, the crowd was eating it up. So why not draw it out a little bit? It reminded me a little bit more of the cast segment that we'll talk about later that I think you and I might have a little tiff on. But um, no, I like this segment a lot. And it it just, it felt kind of real, even though it was cheesy at the same time, because we all grew up with the Shield. We all grew up, um, you know, with that faction. And it doesn't seem like it's been three years, but man, how time flies. It's two thirds of the Shield, man. I, I, you know. I know, I know, but it, we'll take a little bit of nostalgia if we can get it. We're wrestling fans, it's that's, how 2014. We're, that's
1: how we're wired. It's 2014. Are you what, what are you nostalgic for in 2014? <laughs> the ice
0: bucket challenge, perhaps oh, Alex from Target,
1: God. the short lived social network, LO? Um, I mean, what, I
0: don't even know what that is. So.
1: The, the, the,
0: <laughs> what I else, is, I don't know, so,
1: yeah, what else, uh, was big in 2014 um i I, it feels to me very much like they're trying to make something out of it and create demand by building it up and look we got it tonight wonder twin powers activate they put the fist together it was a moment
0: uh some people cried you know some people cried when that happened
1: you know they did (laughs) i'm i'm pretty easily sentimental at things but it was like (laughs) that won't that won't get me you know um I don't know maybe enzo and Cass will get back together on sunday and i'll let and me cry i'll
0: that have a little moment
1: i'll get a little misty eyed you know mm-hmm. thinking oh they're gonna move them to SmackDown and bury them so hard um but, but yeah Emma. yeah seriously uh everyone's going to smackdown actually that way if they didn't want to acknowledge smackdown as the b show that would actually be i mean they've done stuff like that before where it's inner brand stuff you know mm. like oh, i'm taking the time but it should literally be like a punishment like wasn't that Max Landis's pitch for how we'd redo SmackDown? SmackDown would be like this weird prison that they would all be stuck in, career-wise,
0: and they'd be well, trying to fight their the way uh, out of SmackDown. The Usos' penitentiary is. It is down the down Usos' there.
1: penitentiary, yeah. So, you never know, right? Um. Anyhow, I thought uh, that segment was good, but really, really trying to build up that nostalgia there. The Sheamus and Cesaro thing is good. Uh, I'm curious to see the match Sunday. I'm sure it'll be great. But do you think you Roman? Like- do you think mm-hmm. Roman comes back, or is he going to Timberlake this thing and just be like,
0: too big for you oh, guys? No, 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 he's already succeeded that group. Um, and, you know, five years down the road, when, he, when Roman needs a reboot of some sort, that's probably a good call. Um, but right now, no. The only thing that I don't like about this is Roman kept pretty much whatever, you know, it was the Shields music um, mm-hmm. that he essentially kept with a few minor tweaks. That's that's the one little part that I wish we could get, which, you know, 99 percent sure we're not going to get it. One of our um, followers had the suggestion of do like the the shield little Sahara echo, whatever the heck, uh, that that whole thing. Um, And then do burn it down and then do Dean's entrance theme and just kind of like do a mishmash of of all the entities, which I thought could be cool. But uh, that one little piece is missing that one little piece of music. I don't
1: know, man. I think uh, they're going to you know, do the lazy version of it, like that original version of the Brazango theme before they polish that up, or it's like, we'll just fade one into the next, like they did when uh, Randy was uh, Randy and the Wyatts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we'll see how they do it. Maybe we'll get some black and white vignettes you know, from this reformed show. A yeah.
0: little, little grainy, a little backstage camera.
1: Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're, look, they're building up for Sunday, folks. Uh, okay, so... After that, the news, we probably should have opened with this. Chris, Wrestling Inc. has had all the coverage. Uh, What's the latest with Ric Flair?
0: Uh, Ric Flair is out of surgery, um, and per his management team, uh, it is not of uh, heart-related issues, as was previously reported by a few outlets. Um, Some folks close to the situation say it was a surgery to the colon Hmm. area, um, but he is resting and out of surgery, but obviously um, as the announced team alluded to as well tonight on raw, that he is not out of the woods yet by any means. Um, And we at wrestling Inc. uh, send our thoughts and prayers. uh, Any, if you're the praying type, the thinking type to, uh, to the flair family, Uh, as I know, Charlotte, I'm sure will be um, with her dad and probably questionable for SmackDown tomorrow night.
1: Yeah. I can only imagine what they're going through. Very, very tough time for the Flair family uh, while dealing with this health issue. After that update tonight, we have the number one contenders match with Nia Jax versus Sasha Banks. So, hot crowd tonight in Boston for this.
0: What did you think of the match itself and Sasha getting that win? Nia is still not a very safe worker. Um, All right, so the past few weeks, she's either – she injured Bailey essentially, and – almost concussed a few more people. Uh, Dana, I think it was last week and she just does the whole toss to the barricade head first spot on Sasha. Like, you know, just willy nilly, no big deal. And I'm like, don't, don't you want to calm her style down, down just, just a little bit, just a teeny tiny bit to, to have some folks left on the roster for a match on Sunday. Um, but that unfortunately was not the case, but, I thought Sasha was fantastic here. I think Naya held her own in the match, um, but, but Sasha pretty much led the match completely, and I thought she did a really, really good job of playing that lead role and got the pin, or excuse me, not the pin, got the submission win with the bank statement, which that ending sequence was fantastic. Uh, between that DDT, uh, tilt world DDT, to the... Bank statement reversal, I thought was fantastic. What did you think of that ending sequence, uh, Glenn?
1: I thought it was good overall. I thought the match, you know, uh, did the best with what they could. You know, with Nia, she's a little hit or miss sometimes, no pun intended. And um, <laughs> I thought I thought the match was well done. I think you know Sasha going to SummerSlam. We talked about this. I mean, unfortunate what happened to Bailey. Although there are now Bailey truthers online that think it's yeah. it's a work. Uh, and they did this for storyline reasons uh, to make way for Sasha, but I think you know Sasha versus Alexa. Who can argue with that? However, tonight, oh my God, Alexa's throne! Just uh, we got to, we got to ask Matt Morgan about that about how the prop department in the WWE works because this was like yeah. we like, got a lifeguard chair.
0: Where did they get that from?
1: Is there um, any cool supply store? That?
0: Okay. Okay. And
1: they, but they spray painted it silver. They dropped, you know, like 10 bucks on, uh, some Krylon at, uh, at the Walmart.
0: That they did. Um, I wonder if we have to show ID
1: for that in Massachusetts.
0: Ooh. Um, I was drowning there for a minute, but Alexa (laughs) did, did not save me, unfortunately. So you're stuck with me here, guys.
1: Yeah. It, uh, I, I, you know what, it made her look like. This is going to date me as an old, old guy here, but uh, back in in SNL and the early, late '70s, early '80s, Lily Tomlin used to do this character that was like a little girl, and she was in a big, oversized chair, and that's how they made her look like a little girl. That's what Alexa Bliss looked like tonight. It just, it was disproportionate. She's already kind of tiny as is, so she just looked like minuscule in that chair.
0: Yeah, if you're a visual person, which you know some people are, that. I guess I could uh, rub you the wrong way, but it, it was supposed to be a throne and Corey Graves tried his <laughs> <daughter> to. <laughs> Sorry,
1: Corey... I'm imagining the scene backstage where she, where she looked at it. And it was like spinal tap. It was like, I thought it was supposed to be a throne. It, what? It's a throne. It's silver. It's high above things.
0: It's a throne. Uh, yeah. Jason Rodriguez in the chat saying, oh, budget cuts are really going crazy with this stuff. <laughs> First the pyro, then the purple tape. Now, no throne. I like, guarantee when they pitch that. King of the ring, right? When because they
1: pitched doing- that, it was it was so much more grandiose in the producer's head when they pitched that idea.
0: Well, it had to be. Yeah. Uh, but but here we are in the audition for Baywatch, in an XL chair and an extra small person. Uh, yeah. But there we go. Yep.
1: Uh, after that. We had setting up tonight the match with uh, the Miz Taraj, and against Jason Jordan. And then backstage, Finn Balor and Bray Wyatt brawling teased before commercial. We come back from the break to see that. But before we get to that match later in the evening, Elias comes out, sings a song. Was he was he getting cheered? It sounded to me like the crowd was a little behind him at first. There, it quickly changed, and oh, then
0: our yeah. truth comes out. That's the new feud. That's exactly who we all wanted to see. Um, At least they're both musicians. Okay, that's a valid point. And I guess that's where the old short straw was drawn, you know. But, all right, so Elias comes off a feud with, like a mini feud with Dean Ambrose before they put him back with Miz for a little bit. And then a little feud with Finn Balor, both of which he showed well in. And now he's back with our truth that's a bit of a step back for a new talent is it, is it not well perhaps it's going to end with this uh
1: musical duo coming together and forming the walking truth the oh, new dear. tag team and you know he'll be playing the guitar our truth will be rapping i'm i'm just going to say this right now if that's where this is going i'm i'm excited i'm that, excited that to see all album
0: will go aluminum
1: I think that would be awesome, and I think it would make Elias a lot more interesting. If you just think about it, he's like super serious and pious and like down and stuff. And then there's R-Truth, he's like kind of wacky, you know, and Elias is rock and R-Truth is hip hop. I mean, this is just, this is money right here. This is at least a solid pre-show tag team.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I just get, R-Truth is 40-something years old. I've liked him for many, many years. But it's it's time to go to your home studio and record a few more albums. But sorry, are our truths albums any good? I've never actually heard any of his music that was not on a WWE soundtrack. Oh, maybe listened to a couple, and it's I've heard worse. And but he's a North Carolina guy, so I've I've got to rip him. So the the Charlotte repping the seven hundred four, as they say. I feel you.
1: Um, but no, I think. Look, it's either going to be a feud or something's something. Actually, see, I'm thinking about it, and it's like they form a tag team. Gold Dust gets a new tag team partner. Like, the storylines just write themselves. I mean, what's that show they tape before? Raw main event? This is like a solid 12-week arc for WWE main event.
0: Uh, continue with the
1: uh, show. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so after that, big cast coming to the ring. Now, here's the thing, Chris. Ah, here we go. There was a lot of booing. Mm-hmm. now pe- some people are saying that Cass was milking the heat yes by stuttering and repeating the first line of his promo a good six or seven times mm-hmm. before finally powering through the booze and just reciting it like he was determined to get to the end some say he was milking the heat doing that i say that when you have to keep repeating yourself in that live audience situation, the crowd has won and you are showing that you do not have the presence
0: to just rise above and keep going. Okay. Point to counterpoint. The first time he got interrupted, he was not expecting it. The second time, I think he's like, wait a minute, I'm on something here. And he did it two or three more times. I think on purpose to draw out that heat because then he got comfortable Saying, "All right, I'll just hang out all night," and then leans up against the shark cage and just lets them get their booze out until he finally can speak. Now they didn't stop booing during his promo, but like you said, he, he got through it. He recited the rest of it. I wish he would have changed it up just a little bit, but um, he he, I think that was completely intentional. If yeah. you look at if you look at the way he handled the crowd tonight versus the way Bailey handled the booze that she got. As a baby face, last week, I think Cass handled this like a complete pro because he figured it out midway through and then went with it the rest of the way. Um, And it even gave Enzo a little bit of a rib on him when Enzo came out, which was a nice touch, which I doubt was scripted. Um, So, and I'm surprised Cass kind of kept the straight face there. But, um, you know, Enzo had a nice promo when he came out too. But I really think this was... A pros move by Cass and not him getting completely flustered. See, I think if you're Jericho, you can
1: take shots at the crowd and show and have some interaction with them when they're booing. I think the way Alexa does it and makes it seem like it's part of her thing with the what. And she goes, well, what exactly? And that's what I did. She makes it a part of her thing. I think the way Cass was responding with, oh, I'll be here all night. Like Mm -hmm. that was just a little too reactionary. That, that was yeah. my take on it, and it wasn't strong. You know, Roman got into this predicament a couple times when he started getting the heat, and then mm. notice that Roman now will come out there, and he'll sit there, and he'll look like he's going to say something, but he doesn't say anything. He waits yep. for his moment, but once he starts talking, he doesn't stop talking. He doesn't let the crowd phase
0: him. Yeah, that, that's true, and Roman has drastically improved on the microphone in short stints, and, and he's really good at reading a crowd now. Uh, which is good to see because when he first came up and split as a single uh, that would have completely bothered him mm-hmm. um, but a couple of our folks in the chat have a really good um, idea now whether it'll happen yet to be determined but do you think Enzo somehow turns heel during this match and aligns himself again with big Cass?
1: you know I think they've always been kind of a tweener tag team, or at least in NXT, they were played that way for a while. Um, I think the crowd treated them like faces, but they always had this sort of anti-hero thing going on. Uh, I don't know. I think uh, they could, but turning them heel seems really weird uh, yeah. if, if they were to do that. I think I could see more likely they somehow reconcile, but I guess it's hard to do that and have Cass go back to being a face at this point. I feel like that fake reconciliation really just screwed this entire storyline when they started off with the fake reconciliation. I think if they would have saved that right. SummerSlam, that would have been huge, um, mm-hmm. had it been for real and brought them back together. And th- it could have been a good arc. Even tonight, cast in this promo, talking about you know a little bit maybe a real life creeping in about you know backstage Enzo running his mouth oh, yeah. you know and getting in trouble. I think they could have done something better with it. But what do you think the angle is having Gallows and Anderson come out and they're damaging Big Show's hands? I mean, where, where are they going with all this... I, I feel like I don't have a sense that this is headed anywhere and it, where it's headed doesn't seem that exciting.
0: Yeah. I mean, the club has nothing to do uh, because I think they were pretty much going to be somewhere on the pre-show uh, before the uh, Scott Dawson injury. Uh, I think that sort of put some wrenches in plans there. So I'm not sure exactly where they fit in here. Um, guys, send us your thoughts in, in the chat room as well, but I have really no clue where they fit in. I mean, obviously, heels are aligning themselves with a heel. Is there going to be another babyface group that comes up to help Big Show and Enzo um, at SummerSlam to sort of even the odds a bit? But I'm not really sensing the direction here. I think it's just a way to possibly get them on the card somehow.
1: And it makes sense in Brooklyn. I think Enzo and Cass... Always get a huge reaction there. I mean, going back to that first NXT TakeOver at Barclays,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, uh, which, well, technically, it was the episode after NXT TakeOver, filmed at NXT TakeOver. Right. Um, still a missed opportunity. Amazing when you look back at history uh, of that, that they put the belts on the VOD villains that night in Brooklyn and not Enzo and Cass.
0: Blue pants. Blue I kind of miss
1: blue pants. I'm surprised she's not in the, the Mae Young,
0: mm. you know? Weird how Speaking she just disappeared. That, yeah. Re- really good theme song for the May Young Classic. I, I hate on WWE themes all the time. I don't know who wrote this one, whatever it is. It's catchy as heck. I like it. I like the promos they were showing
1: tonight. I like how they're, they're uh-huh. building this up. I'm looking forward to it. I wish they didn't pre-tape the first couple rounds. Um, I've avoided spoilers for them. But, man, I mean, I wish this was live programming or closer to live programming. It seems like... Like old news at this point. It's
0: going to be, what, a month between taping and air? Yep, pretty much. Um, But I'm sure we will have full coverage um, and recaps on the site whenever those come out August 28th.
1: Absolutely. In a second, we're going to talk about the Cruiserweight title match tonight. Akira Tozawa versus Neville. We got a new Cruiserweight champion, folks. But first, I want to give some love to the sponsor of this episode, and that is Dollar Shave Club. First, talk about it before. Dollar Shave Clubs give you high-quality blades and amazing shave butter delivered right to your door for an incredible smooth shave. Dollar Shave Club, it's the smarter choice. You get a great shave at a great price conveniently delivered right to your door. And it's a no-brainer, an awesome life hack because you no longer have to schlep to the store to get those cheap disposable razors that give you the cheap shave or spend a fortune to get those gimmicky razors with all that shaving tech you don't need telling you today I got the haircut so you know what that means tomorrow I clean up the beard a bit using my dollar shave club and that shave butter and I love it because it gives me a smooth gentle shave I could see what I'm shaving using the shave butter which is huge especially if you're cleaning up your beard and you worry about taking too much off and I love that you have that nice weighted handle so you just glides over the skin it's a smooth close shave you can't beat it folks and for a limited time New members to Dollar Shave Club are going to get their first month of the executive razor with a tube of that Dr. Carver shave butter for only $5 with free shipping. After that, razors are just a few bucks a month. That's a $15 value for only 5 bucks. And in your first month, you get that awesome weighted handle, a full set of four cartridges, and a tube of their shave butter. After that first month, replacement cartridges ship automatically at their regular price. No hidden fees, no commitments. Cancel anytime you like. But you can only get this offer exclusively at dollarshaveclub.com slash INC. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash INC. We thank them for sponsoring the podcast. And just so everyone has the visual, because he's not here to provide it, Matt Morgan lets us know that he uses Dollar Shave Club when he's got to, you know, shave for the pose down. You got to shave down before you oil up. And uh, he's a test of, you know, testified many a time that not just for the face, folks, Dollar Shave Club is a fantastic shave no matter where you have hair that you need removed
0: okay that we just went from pg to r somehow your mind did chris <laughs> but uh, no, talk, he's talking but, about shaving his chest he has his wife, of course, back of course of course but anyways that you don't need 12 12 razor or 12 blades on a freaking razor you you need the dollar shave club the shave butter It's super smooth i need to clean up myself but uh, it's good stuff i need to put in another order for myself
1: you know, he doesn't do his pose downs nude. I know that's where your mind goes, Chris. Oh I, think, I think Matt Morgan's working blue. But, you know, only, he does wear trunks. Have only you on seen, the Wrestling podcast. Have you seen, have you watched, I mean, he plugs this. I want to give Matt a little little plug here. As uh, I here this week, BP Matt Morgan on Instagram. Have you watched some of his live videos, the stuff he's doing in the gym?
0: I have not because then I would feel depressed about myself. Um, so, in essence, we need to... Possibly get another sports nutritional um, supplement sponsor so I can maybe uh, head up to the Matt Morgan (laughs) game. Uh, But other than that, no, I would just feel bad about myself if I did that. Oh, I feel exhausted watching him, but
1: inspired at the same time. Oh, there you go. You
0: know, there's something about it. It's it's like,
1: you know what it's like, Matt Morgan's uh, Instagram? It's like you're watching bits and pieces of a training montage. Just think about all those great scenes like Rocky and the Karate Kid and all those movies. Is it bad
0: that I just, I, I was going to say, play the Rocky soundtrack behind it and we'd be golden? Absolutely. Anyways. Some anyways. Somebody cut that together for Matt. He'd appreciate it.
1: Um, anyhow, Cruiserweight title match tonight. Akira Tozawa versus Neville. Akira got the belt, folks. He did what Austin Aries couldn't do and took down Neville, the king of the Cruiserweights. Neville doesn't need a throne, although he could probably use a stepladder because he's a wee
0: little man. Oh, um hoping that he's at your door tomorrow morning just yelling the word no, which is what he's been tweeting for the last two hours. Um Apparently, he's in slight disbelief that he lost his title. But uh, I thought this was a barn burner of a match. It was match. Fan- fantastic. And, and I'm glad that they did it on wrong. Like I said earlier in the show, I was hating the decision because I thought they were – Bumping it, bumping it off of the main show, in which they still might, but I probably see a, a pre-show rematch. But um, this match was given time. They were given a leeway to do so, some, some more freedom about their moves. Uh, it was a well-put-together match um, in, in a cruiserweight style, but also it had a little WWE flavor in there. I mean, there was some rest holds and that kind of thing, but it was very upbeat the whole time. Uh, both guys laid it all on the line, and uh, it, the story was really well told um, as well. With, you know, the Red Arrow, because Neville never goes to the Red Arrow anymore because he gets the job done with the Ring of Saturn. Uh, that didn't get the job done, so he went to the well one too many times, came up and missed, and the uh, senton got the pin for Tozawa. But Titus Worldwide, apparently now a nationally acclaimed brand on Raw. Hey, I'll take it. And uh I got you know tonight's match was so
1: good. I hope they really give them an opportunity at SummerSlam, or I'd almost rather than not have the rematch at Summerslam.
0: If it's going to be on SummerSlam and if they want to hold a candle to this match, it has to be on the pre-show because yeah. there's so much more time allotted there. Because all you're gonna get is interviews, you know, the match hype tapes, that kind of thing. So if it's gonna hold a candle to this match, it has to be on the pre-show. Otherwise, I think it's going to be an eight-minute eight match or so on the main card if they put it there, uh, which I doubt they will. But uh, this went – I mean, it wasn't super long. It was probably, what, 15 minutes or so? Um, but it, it was very, very good either way. So. But here's the real pre-show question. What schlubby
1: podcaster are they going to have on the panel in that pre-show? Uh, Rosenberg's on there, I believe. Oh, there you have it, folks. hmm. Just saying, WWE, I'm not that hard to find. I'm just saying, if you're letting anyone with a podcast go on a WWE pre-show.
0: I mean, uh, at knockdown underscore radio, if you're wondering, guys. Um, Anyways, continue.
1: (laughs) I wonder if they give him notes ahead of time. I mean, he's got to know. He knows who, you know, where his bread is buttered. You're not going to go on the pre-show and be like in the predictions that night when everyone's like, oh, I think so-and-so is going to win. Just be like, well, that would be ridiculous. What kind of (laughs) idiot thinks that's a good idea?
0: You know? Uh, Yeah. And then they change the finish because somebody said that. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um, oh man, those pre-shows. I, I hope we get more wrestling and less of the talking. I mean, the social media lounge can be kind of fun, but yeah, they, they sometimes try and put way too much non-wrestling.: Oh there's um, five, there's five people on the panel. by the way. Oh,
0: wow. Yeah, that's that's a lot.: Thats a lot.
1: Um Okay, so after that tonight, what else? Let's see backstage big uh big show saying he is not missing Summerslam, even though his hand was injured i like he was doing the little he was really selling with the twitch yeah, of the yeah, hand yeah, there you go yeah, there you go That was
0: nice that was acting folks <laughs> nice little um, piece of uh montage acting there yeah mickey <laughs>
1: james and emma setting up uh emma's burial for later in the night and uh then we had <laughs> finn pallor, which i i know it's the smarkiest crap to say It'd be like oh Emma's getting buried but we'll get to it but it's if it's not please surprise me WWE I would be stoked um Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt so we got cool rider Finn tonight not the demon Finn and uh, we got Bray and he lost to Bray so it's the big news out of this aside from Bray Wyatt getting a win which according to the Raj Geary booking algorithm uh Bray is losing at SummerSlam mm-hmm. but the big news is that the demon the demon is coming out Sunday SummerSlam first time we've seen it in quite some time and, you know, all it took was uh, break come to the ring with a bucket of fake blood,
0: carry style dowsing Finn in the ring. Were you, um, by chance, stricken with a hunger for pancakes and strawberry syrup at that point?
1: No, I wasn't quite thinking that. I tweeted it. Oh. I was like, oh, they're not going to get fined for this, right?
0: You know? Yeah, that, that was pretty clever. Uh, who got the blood on, on the canvas? Yeah. I, thought, uh, I thought that was nice. That, that was one of your better efforts tonight, for sure. But, um, no, th- this angle... All right. So we all, as, as wrestling fans like to be surprised, even though we really thought that the demon would be here at some point, but why advertise it? And I've already answered my own question by, well, it gives us something to look forward to, but yes, we know that the blood somehow ticked him off or transformed him into this being or whatever. Uh, this mystical power that Bray Wyatt has and whatnot, whatever they're trying to pull off there. But let's not make it that obvious. Let's at least suspend my disbelief just for a moment instead of telling me it's going to happen. Counterpoint. Um, Come on. Doesn't this make you way more look forward
1: to the match? I mean, they could have surprised us with it, but I think they know that Finn has not been treated so well on uh, since his return, and that they need to really, they can't just telegraph it or let you draw your own conclusions. They need to put it in bold, underline, and highlight it to tell you you're going to be seeing the Demon Sunday night at SummerSlam.
0: Okay, I will say this, and this is to Finn Balor's benefit. Normally, his offense consists of stomp, kick, strike, repeat. Uh, He does work a little bit differently under the Demon moniker. Uh, He Mm -hmm. changes up his offense a little bit. It's a little more aggressive. Um, So that's what I'm more looking forward to because these two guys are good in the ring individually, but they both work a very similar style. Um, Even though one's, you know, significantly larger than the other, they work a very similar style with, with their kicks, their stomps, their, their strikes and whatnot. But The demon moniker, I think, brings a little extra offense and a couple new wrinkles out from Finn Balor. So I'm interested to see if they actually have a pretty solid match because uh, Bray uh, is due a solid pay-per-view match because his last couple have just not been stellar at all. I think the entrance is going to take up at least a third of this match time. And as well it should. It should not be more than a 10-minute match. um, And the entrances should last 10 minutes as well. I mean, this is where – this is a battle of entrances interest is not a battle of of wills in the ring and i
1: bet you my prediction for a week from tonight where i will not be here unfortunately because i'm going to be out for next monday's show i bet you Uh bray wyatt comes in the ring and has a pro off about finn about how i was testing you finn and i wanted to bring i wanted to see how dark you could get and see this demon and bring it out in you and basically gives them this whole thing and they continue the feud for at least another couple weeks
0: yeah i think it goes through the following pay-per-view i don't think it stops here
1: yeah um but whatever cool entrances man uh Mm -hmm. you know just once i i don't know if they're going to do it because with shinsuke and you know the violin player that i'm sure they'll have but man i just maybe they'll save it for mania one day we'll get like a full orchestra symphony doing the finn Balor, you know entrance music i think just they could really go theatrical with it but i don't know where it's going to be on the card sunday so uh well we'll get to that SummerSlam card uh in a little bit folks um so mickey james versus emma so here's the deal this might be kicking off a feud, Emma. All these stories, Emma on Twitter. Give Emma a chance. The hashtag they've been using her a bit more since then. So maybe her public—I don't want to say pouting—that sounds kind of juvenile—but her public uh, claims of you know being underutilized are getting some recognition. I feel like she's gotten a little more time on TV, and they've actually worked it into the programming. But to have this—you know—she tapped out last week. Tonight she got beat by Mickey James, which I mean. I've always loved Mickey, but, yeah, Mickey's, you know, in, in, interesting idea that they would have Emma do this match, unless it's setting up some big feud storyline, which I doubt just seemed kind of an anticlimactic end to this Emma saga.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're doing anything with her. I think this was a point to be made. Um, again, I still think all of this stems from the hearsay of Emma not being able to pull off the Emmelina character. Um, I I think she's the, I honestly really think that because the office wanted her to play this sort of um, was it sunny type of blonde bombshell manager. um, But she's just too darn good in the ring. And she Mm -hmm. shows that each and every night and she really has no business being a valet, but, you know, we'll see what the Lana character turns into. I think they sort of swerved it into that. Uh, but, but with that said, I think this, this whole burial of Emma since she's been back has been because of the Emmalina flop. So, but they're I, I would her. not be mad. I would not be mad if I saw her on NXT takeover Saturday night would not be mad one bit. If they're going to do they- alumni, she'd be a perfect one to go back and regain some steam for a second time because that's where she rebuilt her character initially. Actually, it would
1: be fantastic if Ember Moon loses to Oscar. Emma coming back to challenge Oscar, that would be the same way they had Mickey and Oscar, that like Emma and Oscar, your match would be pretty good. Yeah, here's that'd my, be great. Here's my money. Yep. And and NXT would be so hot for that match. Mhm. You know? Uh especially if it happened at Full Sail or Takeover. So, I don't know. Maybe maybe. Who knows? Supposedly we're getting a shake up after uh after SummerSlam.
0: A minor one, if if there is one. There's. you think it's going to be a minor? Yeah, I don't know. If, I'm hearing mixed things on that. Um, some people are saying it's going to be like a big, huge shake-up, and then some people are saying that there's not going to be one at all. So there's still – I think the jury's still out on that one. Yeah, I don't know. I bought
1: tickets to to two raw live events for a month from now in the hopes mm. that there'll be a shake-up between now and then. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. I think uh, with Emma, it's interesting. Normally when they just want to bury someone, they just leave them off TV. You know I mean? Like, ask Dana Brooke how well things are working out for her. Um, But to have her in these matches where... I don't want to say she's being humiliated because certainly we've seen the WWE can literally humiliate its performers. It just seems... They're they're making her seem very ineffectual. So I don't know. I don't know what their thoughts are on her, but this is probably not good for her career. And XT, honestly, yeah, her and Oscar, that would be the best thing that could happen to her right now.
0: And as uh, Matt would say, we've spent too much time on this. Move along. <laughs> <laughs> no, even though I like I like Emma. Um, I have for a long time. Even when she did the whole bubbly dancey character, which I thought would be dead on arrival on the main roster, which it was. Um she, she's just good, man. And it's, she's gotten herself in tremendous shape and it's, she's not really reaping any reward from it. So
1: what did you think of, uh, I mean, maybe it's the timing of how they released it, but talk is Jericho with Brazongo throwing some shade at the WWE performers who just get on social media and complain about not being on TV. Whereas Brazongo mm-hmm. found their own thing, you know, and basically, uh, did stuff for the website to get themselves back on TV.
0: Yeah, I mean, you've got to pitch your own ideas. You've got to be the creative person. And if you're not in, you know, Vince's office every week with something, then really you're probably not trying hard enough. So uh, Twitter's a nice vehicle to get people on your side, but uh, unless you want to back it up yourself, I kind of agree with Brizongo in that sense.
1: Yeah, definitely. And it was the most interesting thing I thought from that interview was they made it sound like you can literally do whatever you want for WWE.com. I don't know how true what they were saying was, but it actually shocks me that more people aren't trying to do things to get themselves over through that as a vehicle.
0: And if you look at some of the raw Fallout videos and SmackDown Fallout videos, a lot of those are the characters' best promos. It's not mm-hmm. what they do in the ring and on televised uh, programming. It's, it's backstage on the online portion. It's Absolutely. Because either, either they're given a bullet point or they're given free reign. It's just like talking walls. Probably because you know Vince can't even figure out
1: how to get on the web, let alone his own website. So, touche. Yeah. Um, the Miz versus Jason Jordan ending in DQ and turning into the Hardys and Jason Jordan versus the Miz Taraj. Is this really going to be also at SummerSlam?
0: I thought it was. Um, yeah. And they went ahead and did it tonight. So, I hope they don't call back to this one for the pre show. Um, but to me, it is a crying, freaking shame that there is no Intercontinental title match. Like, as hard as Miz has worked to get that title where it is, to get himself over, even though he's been on a slight downturn since he went to Raw, but he did such great work on SmackDown, it's it's super sad to see what I declare the second biggest title on the brand, maybe even the second biggest title in the company at this point, um you know left off the second biggest show of the year that unless they add him and jason jordan last minute uh, as as sort of a filler match that probably miz will retain or jason gets a very unheralded championship debut um uh, it, it's sad to see the the title not be on the card and and miz as well I feel like they missed out on an opportunity.
1: Remember a couple of weeks ago when, when Heath Slater was going to challenge for the Intercontinental title? Like I feel like mm-hmm. that was an opportunity. I think George, Jason George just isn't ready yet. I don't think he's had enough singles matches uh, since Split to really make him a credible
0: contender. Right now he's still a hot tag because yeah. his hot tag is fantastic, but if you look at his singles matches in the first couple of weeks here, he essentially goes in does his hot tag and pins the guy. Yeah. Um, And and that's what he did tonight uh, with the Hardys as well. Yeah. I mean, Gable Gable soul
1: can put on a clinic, man. I mean, he Mm -hmm. can just go out there and and bring it. Um, So I think it's wise that they're not putting Jordan for the, uh, against the Miz for the title yet. I, I just don't think the match would quite be where it needs to be. And I think they need to build to it a bit better. That Miz TV segment with Jason Jordan, was not setting the world on fire. And it's okay. hard for Miz TV segment to be lackluster, but that's as lackluster I think as it's been, uh, at least in the past year.
0: Oh, for sure. And, and a lot of that is Jason Jordan. And they put Miz with Jordan because you have the best talker, one of the best talkers in the WWE, trying to lead along the shy, timid guy who apparently he is in real life in Jason Jordan. He's a very laid back, shy type of person. Um, trying to pull any sort of personality out of the guy, but he came Just off sort of as a heel of yeah. the last couple of weeks. And then they put him with the Hardys tonight to try to get him over as a face. It's like, guys, make up your freaking mind. You have, I think he could be super, super over as an athletic cocky jock sort of type of heel who thinks he's better than everybody else and plays off of his relationship with his father to get things. I mean, the story mm-hmm. is sitting there but they are bound and determined to get him over as a baby face. Apparently.
1: Yeah. I don't get it. It's weird. Cause you go back and watch breaking ground and he was so charismatic off camera and with his little quips and jokes and asides and uh, mm-hmm. it's just not working, man. So, and just, I feel like part of tonight going into SummerSlam is just what is up with blank. So what's up with Jason Jordan? What's up with Emma? What's up with the Hardys? Like going into SummerSlam, I feel like there's all these things that well okay not emma but i feel like the hardy's coming off wrestlemania if you look at summerslam as a bookend i feel like the hardy should have something major going on coming into wrestlemania jason jordan being at the centerpiece of a huge storyline should have something in coming going into summerslam um it just one word will
0: answer your question huh injuries yeah um because i think um The Hardys would have taken on the Revival in what would have probably been close to a show stealing tag match. Um, Could have been on the pre show, but it would have been really good either way. And those two teams were made for each other because they're, they work very, they're they're both have, they have the old school type of mindset. Um, You know, where even the Hardys still work a more exciting style than the Revival, but the Revival was very old school. Um, but, so I think that's where that feud was going, you know, Emma, not really as much, but the the injuries sort of, I think through some, some hitches into some plans, um, on the original card. Yeah, no, it's
1: probably it. So the big segment tonight, the face -face -face face to 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 face.
0: If you count all the security. All the Keep security.
1: Going. A lot of faces, folks. Uh, Brock Lesnar, Paul Heyman in the ring. Paul, Paul, Paul for being Paul was pretty, was pretty good tonight. I know we kind of give him crap for doing the same old, same old. Um, I thought tonight this was some nice, some nice color and variation in setting up some different ways things can go.
0: Yeah. I mean, he basically laid out how the match will go more or less um, and the different situations that could occur But it's basically like anytime that Brock's in a match or anytime there's a pay-per-view that they're involved in, they say, here, Paul, here's a microphone, go get it over. And nine times out of 10, Paul will hit it out of the park and do just that. No different tonight. Um, And Samoa Joe to not have been known as like the best talker in the world before he came to WWE even though he still has a couple of bad habits that I don't really love. Like he says, you see in front of a lot of his sentences and that, and you people was another pet peeve of mine, but he just seems so believable on a microphone. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he looks the part and he's backed it up with his in ring work too. Braun Strowman still in the whole uh, one liner promo segment. That's of all he needs, of the program, but that's all he needs. That's all his character should be saying. One line, make your point, be done, kick some butt. I mean, and it's good tonight.
1: It's, it was no Brock versus Heath Slater. I mean no, of course the not. Ultimate the ultimate Brock promo face-off.
0: Yeah, don't care about your bleeping kids, but <laughs> um, that was so great. That was
1: so great. what has the WWE done? If you look at a year ago, all the things that excited us, and it's like these people might as well not even exist anymore. It's like Finn Balor okay, the demon's coming back, finally. This is like redemption after all these months of mismanagement. Heath Slater, where in the hell is Heath Slater? Um, It's just astounding to me. Oh, yeah. How Uh, they just forget about people.
0: It's, I mean, Dolph Ziggler, for instance, um, on the SmackDown side, hasn't been seen or heard from in a while. Apparently he returned at a house show the other night. Yeah, I saw that. Hasn't been seen on TV for quite some time. But this is what I really liked about this segment. Roman Reigns didn't talk. Hmm. He came in and speared Joe to the absolute ground and made his point. Yeah. And then we got the inevitable Braun and Lesnar standoff, which I thought was good initially, but this this was not up there in in my ranking of pull apart brawls. This was kind like of just ele- it, it was kind of elementary. I me. like
1: we thought it was over and then it kept going more.
0: Yeah, they did show the the sign-off little emblem at the bottom right for the WWE symbol and all that good stuff, which it was nice because then Brock was looking at the screens like, "Yep, here's my cue," and then <laughs> and goes to to get Strowman again. So, but we got to see a lot of everybody's offense. We got to see the animosity, but most of all, there was just a ton of humanity in the ring, and it's going to be a glorious, large, hoss battle on Sunday night.
1: Yeah. Um, so were they uh teasing Brock doing Hell in a Cell? Did you pick up on that?
0: Yeah, uh, it lock him up in a cage, wink, wink. Um, so I thought Hell in a Cell was... Smackdown, though, according to Ooh. the interwebs, that's true. But maybe that will play some part in the match. I don't know, it's a fatal four way, so there's no telling what they could bring out. Oh, maybe out. he leaves raw, oh, but not the WWE Oh, 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 oh. cage, cage, MMA cage. Oh, well, yeah, I thought that uh, was little too. There we years. go. Okay, sorry. There it is. Ugh. I don't know why that, I missed that the first five times, but there you go. Um, so I'm sure that was a little bit of a nod to the MMA side of, of things. Yeah, but no mercy, September 24th, folks. So we're going to have a month in between.
1: I asked Raj about this. Everyone's – well, not everyone. A lot of websites have it listed that there's supposedly a pay-per-view September 10th in Seattle, Washington. Um, I know nothing about this a Smackdown pay-per-view it's unconfirmed it's TBA everywhere but I guess somebody maybe just got the info based on speculation and keep saying it but I think Smackdown we're not getting a Smackdown pay-per-view till uh October it's gonna be yeah it's gonna be a while yeah so but no mercy will be coming up in a month I think so who do you so let's let's start talking about the card man I mean final thoughts on tonight as we talk about it like decent build-up for SummerSlam not the best go-home show ever but certainly not the worst
0: no, I didn't like the world on fire, but I thought it did its job pretty well. Um, another solid eh, B- minus type show for me. Like It furthered the storylines. It got us prepped for the pay-per-view. And like I said, it just did its job. Um, and it didn't blow me out of, of, of my seat by any means, but it was, it was good. So let's talk about the SummerSlam card. What do we got? All right, starting at, I would say, the bottom of the card, and we'll just go over the Raw matches today and then join us back at 12 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday where we'll run down the SmackDown side, Um, and hopefully we'll have a guest on Wednesday as well. But uh, Big Show versus Big Cass with Enzo locked in the shark cage. I know we talked about this a little bit earlier, but it would be kind of cool to see Enzo turn heel. Um, But Big Show, probably one of his last hurrahs since his – his contract runs out in February of, of next year, I believe. So he might as well put big Cass over on his way out. Right. Yeah. Who knows?
1: Um, I've been against this feud since it began. I've thought it was a bad idea. Every step of the way, please, Oh, please do not let it get any worse.
0: Hopefully th- there's going to be some sort of closure, um, in this feud, but, um, give me big Cass winning via big boot. um, and we'll go from there. Uh, Bray Wyatt versus now the demon Finn Balor. So as the Raj Geary mathematics of WWE booking goes, Finn Balor wins this when He gets his win back that he lost tonight. And probably going to have a rubber match either on Raw the following night or at the next pay-per-view. Is it
1: really Finn's win? I mean, is it more the demon's win? Eh,
0: yeah. <laughs> semantics, man, semantics.
1: True, true. All
0: right. Anyways, uh, Raw Tag Team Championships: Cesaro and Sheamus versus Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose, also known as Shield. Point zero, excuse me, zero point six six seven. That's good. I like that.
1: Um, um, which still seems weird to me. I I feel like they have not set this up. Even with the beatdowns, even with the reunion, I feel like for as melodramatic as this has been, there was still like no thought to this story whatsoever. I don't get what the motivation is. I don't get. It's just strange to me. It's strange that they're getting together to be a tag team and their first match as a tag team is going to potentially win them the belts.
0: I mean, they've put them in how many different combinations with Cesaro and Sheamus the past few weeks, so that's a typical build build whenever the match is already announced. So it's the same formula either way, but I think Cesaro and Sheamus have played their role very well in this feud. And, again, we get a sense of nostalgia. I wonder if Rollins and Ambrose stay together. I think they get the titles and have a little bit of a run. Um, Or, you know, it could just be – all a ruse and somebody turns on somebody again, because I think a, a heel Dean Ambrose that is focused and vicious is a much better Dean Ambrose. But, you know, uh,
1: that would be building that to a feud. If this is one night only and Ambrose turns, It's mm-hmm. good. But then they wasted it. Then you can't do two thirds yeah. of the shield reunion again. No, nope. you only get a chance to do that. We're all like
0: coming back anytime soon. Only
1: can do that once every three years, folks. So are they going to burn it that quick?
0: I hope not. Like I said, I think they're going to get the belts here, but uh, we shall see the fate of the Shield 0.67. Um, Raw Women's Championship, Alexa Bliss versus Sasha Banks, who was crowned as the number one contender tonight. As I talked about, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, um, there might be some real-life animosity here. So that sometimes makes for the best matches. Uh, Sasha, I think, we will have to take the lead um, in this match because Alexa, as good as she is on camera, behind the microphone, is lacking just a little bit as far as the in-ring work. But I think these two could have a, a surprisingly good match.
1: Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Don't care and, who wins. That's how much I'm looking forward to it. Sure I mean yeah. that in a good way. I mean, I, I, like, I am – Pardon me, I should rephrase. I am happy with the outcome regardless of what
0: it is in that match. And Alexa, even being the heel, got almost as big as a pop as Sasha tonight, really. Um, she's been getting huge reactions lately, no matter where she goes.
1: fantastic on the mic, in the ring, and she's fresh and different. Um, she's been great. Absolutely fantastic.
0: Yep. And finally, on the Raw side, that we know of, unless we get the Cruiserweight uh, Championship rematch, officially announced the Fatal 4-Way for the Universal title. Lesnar, Reigns, Joe, and Strowman, who you got? Um, I'd like it to be Joe. I tend to lean the same direction, but because I don't think they want to let money walk out the door, unless of course this is (laughs) WWE. They
1: They just set money on fire on a whim. Well,
0: fair point. But um there's gotta be like a gif gif for that that Joshua can put up on on the Twitter Uh, anyways yes we know Brock Lesnar is probably going to go back to UFC do we know that timetable yet no we do not what we do know is his contract goes through next year's WrestleMania they would be absolute buffoons to let him walk out now and burn the rest of his appearances Um, I'm not working myself into a shoot here but they they've weaved the reality portion of this storyline nicely, um, and yeah. so with, with the UFC
1: portion well, we're of the expecting. program, works. So that he's already got one foot out the door,
0: right? But they've put over so much that Lesnar's going to lose. There's no way in heck he's going to win. There's no chance. He's got three other monsters in there. Lesnar's going to win. Lesnar's mm-hmm. going to win. I, I think he keeps it, uh, and maybe Joe takes it off of him, um, or yeah maybe not joe since he's already had that chance probably reigns takes it off of him before he leaves
1: mm-hmm. could happen I'll, I'll tell you if we didn't have the news leaked about cena coming back to raw i would think uh, that you J- would be good to pass it off to joe but i think cena versus brock is money granted though cena versus joe also pretty big yeah, no yeah. um no
0: Cena versus Show was a match i would like to see before but uh, roman
1: versus braun keep that going for another you know five years
0: i'm good that's here. a that, that's feud of the year right now in my opinion roman, it's the um, best
1: thing roman's done it makes me actually i like roman in this feud i think it fits really really well uh yeah i would love to see that continue so i don't know we're going to talk about it immediately after ends myself matt morgan raj giri here on wrestling inc uh going to be something man this could be really really good could be back Lester. it could be somewhere in between as it often is
0: yeah i'm going in between for summer slam um and we'll talk about like i said the smackdown portion on wednesday but uh some some decent matches on the card but again injuries have kind of put the asterisk on the bottom of the chart uh, of the card the old card subject to change um, fine print apparently has happened a few times in the last couple of weeks, but, uh, it, I think it'll be, you know, a, as with WrestleMania, it'll be a spectacle. I think we'll get a couple of big angles that we're not expecting. Maybe a couple of celebrities. I would love for, uh, some of the women's MMA competitors to be there, uh, to maybe tease something with the four horsewomen of sure. WWE. Uh, you know, John Jones has that sort of bit of unknown to show up to maybe cost Brock the match. you've got a lot of variables there, things that they could do to make this event at least have a few big moments because the card itself just doesn't really get me super, super excited.
1: Cena advertised for a house show in Fresno that went on sale the night before. No mercy. Um, But here's the big question about SummerSlam, Chris. Will we have pyro?
0: Ooh. Yes, there will be purple robes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they're they're gonna bring back some some pyro for, I mean come I mean, on it, right?
0: if you're gonna bring it back you might as well bring it back for this go big or go home SummerSlam is supposed to be second only to WrestleMania you can get high or you can get low no, that's true yeah.
1: isn't it amazing how they pick these themes and the first time you hear them it's kind of like oh, okay but then by the time you get to the event it's just stuck in your head. I mean when I went it's to WrestleMania like, in Dallas, I still just wake up in the middle of the night singing in my house sometimes to myself, <laughs> rocking myself to sleep because that was well, nonstop in, for many of you. You're in your house yes. whenever you went. So. But that was like non-stop that weekend or that whole week in Dallas. Like you just read that song everywhere song. you went. It's true. Um, but yeah, something about these themes, you know, they just especially for the big for the big four, you just hear it so much that you can never, never forget.
0: And then two weeks afterward when they're showing replays of the event.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Oh,
0: man. Well, there you have it, folks.
1: Uh, Anything else, Chris, that we didn't touch upon?
0: I believe that's it, but uh, enjoyed it. And I guess we'll see you guys back on Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern. Wednesday, 12 noon Eastern, Chris and myself and a surprise mystery
1: guest will be here to discuss the go-home show for SmackDown Live. Tomorrow night, what was the match that was announced? Cena versus Mahal. Cena versus Mahal. The match we thought was going to be at SummerSlam all those weeks and months ago is happening in the go-home show for SummerSlam. On get SmackDown. it
0: out of the way to get Mahal over and ta-da.
1: But will it get Baron Corbin over? Ooh, Will Ooh. anything get Baron Corbin over?
0: They might just very well tease the, um, the cash-in tomorrow in. night and then Cena prevents the cash-in to to go to the whole SummerSlam deal. Or it could end up being for the title. Like I said, Raj poo-pooed on the idea. But uh, I still think uh, there's still a chance that Cena versus Corbin could be for the title at SummerSlam.
1: Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I liked it was convoluted, because all that was missing was then, like, and then an interdimensional portal opens. Oh, God. (laughs)
0: <laughs> come on man you know there's a chance maybe a there's snowball's a chance. chance in the no, 80s but there's I just, still a chance I don't, I
1: don't think wwe booking's that creative i think that they're like well, they're thank not you i'll thinking, take that as a compliment yeah. no absolutely man okay folks until next time i'm glenn Rubenstein. see you back here on the wrestling inc
0: podcast take care